What are some good nicknames of famous people, people in your family? Go ahead and call them out, assuming they're family friendly. Sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah. How about anything that, that ends in the great? Like Alexander the Great or Catherine the Great? Ramses the Great? Totally not me. Any other ones? How about The Rock? If you were an aspiring wrestler and your name was Dwayne Johnson, would you call yourself The Rock? Yes. Yes, you would. And you know who the original Rock was, right? Peter. Peter's name was Simon, but Jesus said, I am going to build my church around you. You're going to be the Rock of my church. So I'm going to call you Peter. You know who got a lousy nickname? Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. 2,000 years later, here we are. And we call him Doubting Thomas. Well, I think that he got a bad rap. And today we're going to see if we can find a better nickname for Thomas. But first, let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for this place. Thank you for all of these people. Lord, be my voice, speak through me, arrange my words, get your message across through me, God, please, and thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. He is risen. We are going through a series called Exploring Resurrection. And we've been going through and looking at the various encounters that Jesus' friends had with him shortly after he came back from the dead. We looked at and talked about Mary Magdalene and her early morning visit to the tomb, to the empty tomb. We heard about a couple of disciples who were out for a nice long walk during the day and spent most of the day walking with Jesus. We also heard about the story of a locked room where many of Jesus' disciples were gathered the evening after. And he came in, he came through the door and visited with them. But there was at least one significant disciple who was not there with them that night, and that was Thomas. So we're going to talk about Thomas tonight. What do we know about Thomas? We know a few things about him, but some things are still kind of a mystery. Thomas was a disciple. There are three significant stories that are about Thomas or include Thomas in, in John's Gospel. John tells us that Thomas had a nickname even back then. He was called the twin. In fact, Thomas means the twin. But apparently that nickname wasn't very good because it didn't stick. Maybe because John didn't actually tell us whose twin he was. 
or who his twin was. Did he actually have a twin? Or did he look exactly like someone else? We're not really sure. We think that his real name was Judas, and there was already like two other Judases, right? So they had to call him something, because you can't all be named that. So we're going to look at, the, ver- at the, uh, the three stories that include Thomas, and especially we're going to look at his encounter with Jesus when it did happen. In the first story, he made a bold statement before experiencing a major event. In the second story, he asked an impulsive question before getting a major revelation. And in the third story, he made a passionate claim before receiving major faith. So we'll talk about each one of these and see if somewhere along the journey we can find him a better nickname. So let's take a look at that first passage. The first one is the story of Lazarus. I think that's a familiar story for many of us. Uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were all siblings. They were friends of Jesus. And at one point, Lazarus became sick. And Mary and Martha knew that Jesus was special, that he had a healing power. And so they sent word for Jesus to come. So in John 11, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Later on in the passage, it says, Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Now that story does not make a lot of sense, right? He loves them, hears he's ill, so decides to stay two more days. Huh? And the Jews there, they want to kill me. So let's go there. What? And then it ends with, Lazarus has died, and I'm so glad that I am not there. Really? So Thomas didn't think that story made a lot of sense. Thomas says, let us also go that we may die with him. All right, so first of all, by him, did he mean Jesus or did he mean Lazarus? not sure. I'm not sure that really matters. You can sort of interpret it either way. What I really want to know, what I'd love to hear is his tone of voice, right? Because was it the, was he being like serious, like, 
then let us go and die with him. Or was his tone more sarcastic? Great, let us go die with him. Or was it somewhere in the middle? Not really sure. So maybe we should call him bold Thomas or sarcastic Thomas, wise guy Thomas. All right, inconclusive. Let's go and look at the next one. The next story is uh, the story of the father's house with many rooms. I'll set the scene for you just a little bit. It's Passover on the eve of the crucifixion. Jesus knows this, of course. And he's up in an upper room with his disciples, and they're having a deep conversation. Jesus is laying it all out for them. He's telling them that he needs to go, that he's going to go, and where he is going, they can't follow, at least not yet. So let's go through this passage. I'll read it to you, and then we'll go through it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is a big deal. This is some heavy stuff. I'm going away. They've been following him for, what, three years now? I'm going away. You know where to go. No! This does not sit well with Thomas. No, I, we don't know which way to go. How could we? He reacts off the cuff. This feels emotional to me, raw, frustrated. And a question like that? Couldn't that be interpreted as a challenge? But Jesus does not rebuke him for asking that question. Thomas asks the question, and he gets the best answer ever. I am the way and the truth and the life. 
gets to the Father except through me. You know me. You know my Father. In other parts of that passage, he says, the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. We are one. When you see him, you see me. When you see me, you see him. This is a revolutionary concept. And the way that he got there was by asking the right questions. And it was impulsive. Maybe we call him impulsive Thomas. Questioning Thomas. Getting closer. All right, third story. So the next day after that encounter, Jesus goes to the cross. The next day after that is the worst Sabbath ever. And then the next day after that, Jesus begins to reveal himself to people. He starts showing up. And then Thomas hears about it secondhand. So let's go through that story. John 20. Now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin. Okay, I think we covered that. That's okay. He's still called the twin. Not sure whose twin he is, but he's the twin. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's look closely at this one. Other disciples told him, Who? I want details. Who told him? Which ones, right? And where were they? Were they up in the room? Were they somewhere else? I don't know. And then Thomas basically tells them off. He essentially tells them off. He, uh, he's emotional, 
copped an attitude. So I imagine how this went down. We don't know exactly how it went down. I imagine it. I imagine that they were outside somewhere, Thomas was outside somewhere, and a couple of the, couple of the disciples came up. Who knows, maybe it was Thaddeus, because we don't know what Thaddeus did, right? We'll just throw Thaddeus in there, he gets to do something. So maybe a couple of the disciples come up to him, and they're like, Thomas, dude, you are not going to believe what happened. Jesus came in. He was there, up in the room. Jesus came through the door. And when I say through the door, I mean through the door. It was locked. He didn't even open it. He just came in. It was amazing, and you missed it. Thomas is like, no. I'm not buying that. That couldn't have happened. Jesus died. He was supposed to save us. He's not here. You can't tell me that that happened. I don't believe that. Unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I take my finger and I put it inside of the holes in his hands, unless I, unless I can put my entire hand up inside of his side. I will never believe that. I don't know. I think he went off. Based on those couple of uh, stories that we heard before, he busted out with the, guess we gotta go die with him. And the big question, I don't know where to go. Thomas seems like a, an emotional guy to me. Maybe I'm just projecting, I don't know. But he lays it out. He makes this big, bold claim, this passionate claim. And it sounds, it's, it's almost like a vow, right? And these kinds of vows, they're kind of spiritually dangerous. Like in James, it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But he was like, I will never believe. So he really threw it out there. And then eight days later, <laughs> eight days later, he had to wait eight days after all that, right? It wasn't like he got to do this the next day. He was probably seething with it for eight more days. So eight more days they were up in the upper room. This time he was there. Door is still locked. Tells us the door was still locked. These guys still fear for their lives. They're hanging out up there. And then... Again, this is how I imagine it. Thomas is sitting at the table just having a conversation. And then it's peace be with you. He knows that voice. He's looking across the table at maybe one of the other disciples whose eyes get real big. And he turns and looks. And Jesus returns that look right into his eye. And Jesus is like, Thomas, it's me. I'm here. Give me your finger. 
You can put it in this hole in my hand. Imagine Jesus lifting up his shirt going, give me your other hand. You can, you can place it here. It's here. And Thomas, my Lord, my God. Jesus had this big speech for him. He didn't need it. Thomas was like, you had me at hello. He saw him and he believed just in that moment. Thomas's doubts got wiped out in an instant. Thomas's passionate claim, his vow, was dismissed in an instant. Thomas's impulsive questions were forgotten in an instant. His bold statements were silenced in an instant. As his faith and his acceptance were established in an instant. So maybe he's faithful, Thomas. Believing, Thomas. Accepting, Thomas. And then in this passage, Jesus says something else which is fascinating. Did you believe because you saw me? Imagine how blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen me. That's us, you guys. Here we are 2,000 years later. We don't get to see Jesus in the flesh walking around. But here we are. Can anybody relate to Thomas? Making bold and kind of outrageous statements sometimes. Situations where you know that you have to do something, but you don't really believe that it's going to be successful. So maybe you blurt out, okay, I guess we'll go and do that. I don't think it's going to work. But I don't have a lot of choice here, so let's go do it. I do. Or anybody blurt out impulsive and kind of inappropriate questions at the wrong time? You, <laughs> boss, you want me to do what now? I don't think we can do that. I don't think we can meet that deadline. Maybe you're hanging out with your friends and they mean well and they're telling you how great something was and you missed it, couldn't go, didn't do that thing. Or have you ever messed something up so bad you're like, oh man, that was so embarrassing. I am never going to do that again. Yeah, well, I do. Seems like we blunder around, make things hard for ourselves sometimes, don't we? Make problems for ourselves. But Jesus is okay with that. 
He meets us where we are. He understands that we go blundering around and we're impulsive. We make bold statements. He says, whatever you need. Jesus says to us, what do you need? Do you need to see this? Do you need to have that? Do you need to put your finger inside the hole in my hand? Test me out. Try me out. Ask your questions. Question me. And then there are times, there are times when we have encounters, when we see Jesus in our spirit or in a rainbow or a sunrise, and just all of a sudden, those doubts, they they disappear, they click. We cry out, my Lord, my God, you had me at hello. So maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay to make bold statements. Even if they sound nuts or sarcastic at first. If something seems absurd, maybe we need to call it out. Point out how crazy it is. And maybe it's okay to ask challenging questions. Even, it's a ma- even if it is a matter of faith. A blind faith is not a very strong faith, typically. But a faith that has been questioned, has been explored, has been worked through, that is a much stronger faith. And maybe it's okay to go off and be passionate. Tell your friends what you really think. They'll understand eventually. And if you have doubts, if you wonder if maybe your nickname starts with doubting, that's okay too. Jesus loves us. He gets us. He is love. He knows our hearts. He knows our secret doubts and fears. He knows us and wants us. And he meets us there. But you know what I think is funny about this whole thing? Ironically, when the time came, Thomas recognized Jesus the quickest. Mary Magdalene saw him. She thought Jesus was the gardener. What's the gardener doing out there at that time? Cleopas and the other disciple that were out on a walk, they spent the whole day with Jesus walking. He gave them like the the best Bible story ever. Oh, this guy's really smart. I wonder who he is. Actually, I'm not going to wonder. It's Jesus. But I didn't wonder. Oh, hey, look, it's Jesus. And the disciples, the first time that they were in that locked room, they thought he was a ghost. As he popped through the door, he did a little popping through the door trick. But Thomas knew it straight off the bat. So maybe he's timely Thomas. I don't know. So the point of all this is that the friends of Jesus, they each reacted differently. They each had their own way of dealing with the situation. 
And when they first saw Jesus, they were all in denial for different reasons, different lengths of time. Thomas was maybe the most extreme. But in the moment, he got there the quickest. And today, we're a lot like that. We all come to faith in different ways and in different timings. But the Father's house has many rooms. And those rooms are all different. And they are set up for us. Because Jesus went ahead and he made those rooms up for us. So we can make bold statements and, and some questions and passionate claims and whatever else it is that we need. Because Jesus is there. He's at the Father's house and he's at the door. And he's ready to open it up for us when that time comes. We follow him, we know the way because he is the way. My God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, thank you that you create encounters for us. You had some pretty amazing, interesting encounters with your friends the, in the days after you came back. Lord, have encounters with us. We want to meet you. We want to see you. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Connect with us, Jesus. In your name we pray.